First time in 10 seasons, Sydney FC have failed to score a league goal in the opening two rounds. And there are two games for Sky Blue Stories to dissect this week, as well as uh, some horrible injury news, as everyone listening to this will be well aware of by now. It's the A-League women's season launch on Saturday. They played a precursor to the A-League men's game at uh, Cogra Jubilee. And... We've got another Sky Blue story uh, in Hugo McWilliam, who joined us earlier in the night. It's a jam-packed episode once more. Sean, Jules and Jonathan here to take you through it all. Gentlemen, how the bloody hell are you? Yeah, could be better. Three points would have been nice. A goal would have been nice in the last two games. But, you know, here we are. Sean, first time in 10 years oh. having scored in the opening uh Opening two games. How do we go with that season? Fifth. All right, then. <laughs> it's only up from here. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, well, currently sit, yeah. Currently sit 11th. It is only round two, but currently sit 11th. Uh, as, as Danny did mention on, on Twitter with a few uh, upset people, he did some, and he's got a fair point. City lost their first three last year, and they went Back all right. Back check that. That's why I wouldn't disagree with our CEO and Mr. Chairman. <laughs> Mr. APL. Mafioso, like, please. Absolutely not. Thanks. Um, before we get into it, thanks once more to Arrow Sport, um, who, who are sponsoring this episode of Sky Blue Stories. Uh, as usual, um, make sure that if you are uh, about to get into the summer comp or if you've got a futsal team running around, um, or any other um, sporting achievements. It doesn't have to be in football itself. Aerosport do it all. So make sure you hit up Adrian and the team over there and get your custom kits designed. Uh, or Sean's favourite item, the slides, which we uh, spoke about last week, um, custom slides. So we might get some Sky Blue Stories ones done, I reckon. Yeah. Ooh, love that. What do you reckon? What do you reckon, boys? All right, let's yeah. um, let's get straight into it. Uh, Sean, take us uh, take us around the grounds, mate. FFA Cup round of sixteen uh, up against the Bulls, the might of the Southwest, Wednesday, eighth of December at Cogra, kickoff seven thirty. It's interesting. Before uh, last Saturday, I was like, oh yeah, Macarthur, they'll be all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll we should pass them into the round of eight. You know. It's, <laughs> or the finals, what do they call it? Uh, I feel a bit differently about it now, but anyway, it's it's still what's it's confirmed. Wednesday week. Confirmed. Yeah, next week. Next week. It's next week. Yeah. Gosh. That's crazy. Gosh. And then it's Christmas. Jesus. Coming thick and fast. Absolutely. Coming thick and fast. <laughs> um, yeah, we get to play the most boring team. Oh, wait, no, that's us. Sorry. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that should be an absolute uh, blockbuster, shouldn't it, uh, on Wednesday night? 
Yeah. Good way, good warm glass of milk. That's a good way to get back to sleep. Let's hope it's raining. Yeah. Let's hope it's raining as well. Just to put it yeah. And a, and a massive congratulations, Ryan Grant, um, stalwart of the club, an institution within our club, 250 appearances in all SFC what a guy. competitions across the ACL, FFA Cups and A-League. Yeah. Mate, what a guy. Quick story, quick story on that as well. Mm. Um, I went to school with Ryan, uh, oh. Hill Sports with him. So um, know him relatively well. In hospitality class, we were paired one day, yeah, and just being absolute dickheads to our teacher as 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 we did, um, just not doing any of the work. It was theory, so we didn't want to do any of it. And we both <laughs> said to her, "Don't worry, Miss, we'll be playing for Sydney FC one day." Oh, so, glad it worked out all right for one of us. Oh, um, you've so, kept this Jewel. Lucky you didn't lead him astray. <laughs> yeah, too much. Yeah, that's it. I went the hospitality route. I just kept cooking. So now I'm cooking at home whilst he's <laughs> serving up A-League uh, attackers. On a What's he going to do after football, Jules? What's he going to do after football? Uh, he wasn't much chopper around the kitchen from memory, so <laughs> probably not a chef. But um, How do you go with insurance, do you reckon? Do you go all right on insurance? I can he do all right. He's, uh, he's good at risk assessment in terms of not diving into challenges. So, <laughs> yeah, it should be pretty good. Got a risk assess himself going for a surf, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. Uh, and uh, our worst fears, boys, were uh, became reality. Um, I, I was hoping that you know maybe it was just I don't know a meniscus or one of the other CLs, the P- PCL, the MCL, the the MCU. Um, I genuinely, that was a Marvel joke. Everywhere. Yeah, I like that. I that. <laughs> Come on, man, work with me here. Um, I'm ripping, I'm ripping. Anyway, um, I genuinely believe uh, Bratton is the best player at our club. Um, I, I would have him there with the highest FIFA rating card novelty thing. Um, boys, what does this mean for our chances this year? If, look, for me, if I could change my league prediction table now, I would. It's that. It's that serious. It's that detrimental to our chances, in my opinion. Um, and it limits them. And yeah, it just limits yeah. our ability to to sort of change anything as well, in my opinion. The timing, yeah, the timing's not um, not great. It's not like Ryan speaking of Ryan uh, a few years ago when he did it in preseason, and and lo and behold, we brought in you know Australia's right back for the last ten years in Luke Wilshire um, yeah. to help win us a, an FFA Cup and a, and a Premier's plate that year. So let, let's let's do this, gents, because um, obviously, I mean, I'm partly responsible for for Bratz. I um, I did get Bratton twenty six on my jersey uh, this year. So uh, yep. my, my hex on him. Mate, I uh, I ordered the away jersey uh, yeah. that we wore in the grand final before the grand final with Bratton twenty six on the back. So I think we've both done him in there, Jono. Um, need to take a good look yeah. at ourselves in the mirror. Never do it. Um, let's do this. So Jules, uh, in our season preview, you predicted uh, Sydney FC men's to finish third. Uh, Sean and I, I believe we said second. Yep. Uh, let's go, Jules. What does this injury say? There's no replacement. Let's. There's no replacement. Yep. So the current squad that we've got. What What do you think that does to our finishing position? Uh, I think we drop down to probably just scraping into the six. I think we. I think 
before I jumped on the pod, I was probably thinking fifth, and then I started looking at the squads. I'm like, oh no, I've got a bit of quality, but Bratton is just that. He's just so important to what we do. So yeah, I think scraping in six, maybe fifth. Sean, similar? Yeah, I could see us like battling for sixth spot, maybe fifth if we're lucky. But yeah, like he's a he's a six round ninety minutes. He does everything. Mm. I'm I'm with you um, on that. Yeah, I, I think. Um... There are some there are some decent football teams in the uh, in the league this year, um, and and I think you know even when we did our season previews for the whole the whole comp, we were struggling to to sort of pick who would be fighting around those those fifth and sixth seventh sort of spots. Unfortunately, I think this injury puts us right in amongst it with um with those with those teams we were we were talking about. So horrible news. Look on a personal note, Bratz is an absolute. Uh, champion of a bloke. Um, he's given so much to this club. He helped us uh, last year uh, raise some funds for the Leukemia Foundation with with Buster, with Ryan Grant. And, um, you know, we had a good chat to, to Bratzi at, um, at a training session one day and just the most, you know, down-to-earth um, bloke that you'll ever meet. Um, so all the best to, to him and his, and his family. Um, and let's hope that, you know, the recovery is, is a good one. And um, that that he comes back and 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 you know finishes finishes his his career here at Sydney FC. He's still hopefully got uh, you know three four seasons left in him. Uh, and, and I'd love for them to be in sky blue. Uh, uh, I, will, I will say similar to what you were saying about Ryan, the fact that he's done it at the start of the season, at least it gives whoever goes into his place, which we'll, we'll talk about now, gives them. A- gives them a whole season worth of rather than him doing it a month out from finals and then going, all right, so-and-so you go in there and fill the role. He's going to go alongside of Caceres. Uh, I think it will be retro. Um, it'll be, yeah, retro Caceres partnership. I would love it to be Callum. Um, I think this is a perfect opportunity to start utilising the youth that we have through our through our squad. And Callum has shown that he, he does have the goods when he's given some game time. Um, and I know he's coming back from a long-term injury um, early on last year, you know, with the back problems, but um, he seems to have shaken that off. So I think I think you've got to give him the nod. Just get, trust youth and, and yeah, just, just plug him in there and see how he goes. Baptism of fire. Mm. Yeah, agreed. I think um, you'll see Callum, you'll, you'll see him off the bench for at least another couple of weeks, I think, as he builds up fitness, um, unless there's a forced, you know, unless there's a, a forced change with, uh, with Retro or Caceres. Uh, again, from the, from the post-match presser, um, Bimby seemed pretty happy with the midfield. Um, so he, he, again, sort of supported and got behind the job that they did. Um, we've got a few thoughts on that. I, I think we're fairly aligned with the fans on on that. My, our, our thoughts might be slightly different, but um, Callum just gives like you, exactly what you said, Jules. Um, that youthful exuberance, the, the get the get up and go, the go forward. Um, he hasn't had everything coached out of him or too much coached into him. 
Um, so he's still got that freedom. And, and I, I would say that, like I said, we'll see him off the bench for the next few weeks and then um, he'll, he'll come in. Maybe he'll get a start in the cup in, in a couple of weeks. But, yeah, it'll, it'll all depend on how, how his body's holding up. A few people online threw out the name Max Burgess. No? As a deeper, as a deeper midfield, I don't know, just with the system we play, um, and we know that's probably not going to change. We, we may think it should, but we don't think it will. Um, I, I don't know. Playing him a little bit deeper, then you've got pretty much two attacking players or two players that you would, you would comfortably play at Cairn mm. um, in that 10 roles, playing as your two deep-lying sixes. I don't, I don't know. Outside Ninko, outside Ninko, Max is the most creative player we've got at the club. So he, he's got to be, he's got to be playing further forward, I think. What about my left of field idea? You ready for it? What is it? What is it? Hit us with it. You're going to laugh or cry or both, but it's just Elvis so, came sober. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing he can't do. Um, I don't know. It just popped into my head, and I've got nothing to particularly based it on, but I, I just thought Ryan Grant. Well, he did start off in the midfield. Yeah. He had, you know, in those earlier days and then had Callum Talbot out on the right who he only got like, what, 10 minutes in that uh, FFA Cup game the other night, but he looked good and I don't know, just an idea. Grant's got an engine on him, plays 90 minutes. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at Grant, all, to I'll, be fair. I'll take that. Yeah, it's it's actually well. The thing is, he's a he's a he was a, before he nailed down that right back spot and yeah. became you know the best right back in the country. Um, yeah, he was he was a utility player. He was just used as to fill in the gaps where if we had somebody suspended, pop Ryan Green in. If somebody was injured, pop Ryan Green in. So, I mean, look, he's played it before. He's he's played it reasonably well. I think in youth league he was playing um, centrally at times as well. So. It's not like it's completely foreign to him. Um, and you're right, John. I'm uh, Sean. Sorry. Like you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna see him be a little bit more, have a little bit more grunt in midfield, a little bit more exuberance in midfield. Um, whether that gets him in trouble sometimes, we'll see. But um, yeah, I, I would, I wouldn't say no. He's to the it. leader of the team, so being yeah. in the central of the park, I don't know. Okay. He might have a bit more. He's just gonna say that. Revving the boys yeah. up. Just going to say that, Sean. I think from a leadership perspective, it'd be great to have him in that in in the centre of the park there, um, because that is something that we 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 seem to lack, um, especially with Bratton out. Um, mm. You know, setting the tempo. It, my only thought is that again, are you cutting off your your nose to spite your face with with, with taking Buster out of, of that right back role? I know he hasn't been in great form um, down there, but you know he's, he's the Australian right back, and you know, it's, it's probably more. The style of play that we've that we've been turning out that haven't allowed him to to get forward and to get into position. Um, again, there were some frustrations from him on the weekend with with um, the players in front of him not obviously not following the game plan and not allowing him to get involved as much. Um, but yeah, I I just don't think we're bold enough to to do that, Sean. I just don't think. No, I don't think. Unfortunately, unfortunately, no, not in coach, not in the coaching position. So we're just going to get bring Aaron Moy in in January, or, or what? Well, I did a bit of research on the transfer yeah. market. I love that love that website, by the way. So good. <laughs> Spend hours just procrastinating at work when I'm should be <laughs> doing other things. Um, but 
there's an English midfielder that's training with his former club at the moment overseas. Um, yeah. That that's a very very handy sort of player. That would be a little bit of star quality as well to the A League. Yep, Jack Wilkshire. Wilkshire, sorry. Take him. Take him. I, I mean, he's 29 years old. He's he's. I mean. He would be quality. Uh, he'd be a little bit of a. I think he put some bumps on seats. I think there's a lot of Guna fans out there. So, um, I don't know. And he's quality. Like when he when he you know when he's in form, when he's fit and healthy, um, he is quality. So healthy. he keeps recruiting Poms for Macarthur. So surely he can have a word to his country. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Oh, exactly. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Sean, what do you what do you reckon? January, bring someone in. Jack the only problem with getting a free agent is chances are they haven't had a lot of football. Chances are they're on the fringe of the, the the team of the squad, so they're not getting a lot of game time and match fitness. So to say, come over in January, what about a third, third ish, pushing halfway into our season, and then go into the centre of the field play. Yeah, so yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying, but but, yeah. but I, I still think we need to look for January for something because our, our, our team yeah. will talk about the FFA Cup game in the um, second game of the, of the season in a moment. But there's something in our team missing, and it's not just Luke Braddon. Yeah, agree. With the with just with the injury replacement, is it is it still cap free? I was trying to find some information on it, but I couldn't see anything. I think they've got to earn the same as the player that they're replacing. Okay. Right, I think right. was the... That makes was, sense. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what it was. Um, don't quote me on that, but but I'm, I'm, I'm fairly sure. So, and, you know, Brats have been on a decent, decent wicket. So, um, yeah. Yeah, not the worst. And, um, moving on from Bats, boys, more injury concerns. Um, but we've heard this story before. Corica has said that Zula is injured again. Now it's mm. the other calf. Um, I'd like to ask you boys, like, because I've got a pretty, I'll say this with conviction in a moment, my opinion, but where to next for Michael Zulo? He's, Zulo says he wants to play on. Blue factory. Nice. <laughs> oh, um, with, all, with all due respect, Sean, you know, we had this conversation 12 months ago on the pod um, and and nothing's changed. I don't think there's been improvement. It sounds like it's the same situation as it was, you know, in pre-season last year. Uh, it was a really strange decision and we, we debated this on the pod with Jimmy um, when we re-signed him because it was after Joel King had just been given some game time. He was looking quite good. Um, I think he played sort of 15 games that season. And, and we re-signed Zools on a, on a two- or three-year contract um, when he was still out injured and, you know, with no sign of return. So we, we, we've done some really good business in in, uh, in recent years. It was a really strange one for me, as much as Zools is an important, you know, part of the culture of the club and has been fantastic. Um, I, just, I just don't... I think it's time. <laughs> like, I think it's time that, that he... He maybe tried to get himself better elsewhere. Mm. Yeah. I think it's time that he retires, gives up that spot, so then we can have the squad death to have a Braden replacement or to have a another striker or a winger or a 
you know, whatever it might be. So, um, yeah, yeah he, he's done a lot for our club. He's achieved a lot with our club. But, um, look, there's already two blokes, or well, now King and, of course, Conor O'Toole waiting in the wings. So we don't need three left-backs at the club. Um, taking up money, taking up a spot. So it's, it's I think it might be common. I think that, that re-signing of what two, three years was done maybe out of a bit of like too much loyalty if you can ever have mm. too much of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, I agree. I, 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 look, you can't catch a break and I really do feel for him because I think he's a, I think he's actually a really, a really good bloke by all accounts and from very small interactions I've had with him, he, he seems like he is. And, you know, he is, like you said, Sean, he, he's a bit of a, a great character around the place and, um, it's sad, uh, like I, I feel for him, but at the same time, he's probably on decent coin, right? And how much money he's been also spent, you know, on you know treatments and all that sort of stuff as well. That we we're obviously not privy to. Um, look, his contract's set to expire. I think what the end of twenty twenty two. I think I saw um, or June. Sorry, June twenty twenty two. June twenty twenty two. I think it's if we don't release him before then, then surely we we don't sign him we sign him yeah. again um you you i think this is where the line's drawn absolutely all right shall we talk about some football that we've had in recent week yeah let's let's talk uh let's talk in chronological order so um lovely night uh out at uh, belmore sports ground last wednesday uh sean and um when I say lovely, I mean very moist. Um, mm, moist. Very uh, a bit scary on the pitch, and um, and uh, we struggled through, and eventually got the better of a side who have part timers that haven't played for five months. Yeah, they haven't kicked a ball together since June, and then between June and now, they've had a bit of turnover, like Jason Madonis. Uh, has left and there's a few other names that have left so they've got some new faces with some old faces but both faces haven't played football since June so, <laughs> um, look 4-2 win over them we had Alfie Ken Sober with the hand of God Trent and Wood get on the score sheet um, look there are, there were some A-League experience you know with um, Sam Mc, how do you say Mc, Mc, McKillerton McKillerton, of course, the Irishman, Roy O'Donovan, um, Tom Whiteside, something not out of the experience, but, you know, he's the assistant coach with the women's. Haji Gligor, and, of course, the Portuguese Adonis, that is Fabio Ferreira. Um, <laughs> but they snagged an early goal. Well, no, not early. I think it was the 30th minute. Might have been, but um, just fortunate. Fort- yeah. Fortuitous. Fortuitous. Fortuitous, yeah. Very fortuitous, that. yeah. He meant that. Yeah, like if it weren't for a, a wet, greasy night, does that go in? You know, if, yeah, that was just pure Adam Parkhouse. Life. Adam Parkhouse, though, Sean, that's that's one of the names you left out. He, he's probably of those names that you mentioned. He's probably played more A League games than than any of those other ones. <laughs> yeah, um, for, yeah, for the Knicks, and um, he was quite lively on on the night for most of the night. I thought. I take my hat off to those Olympic boys. They were absolutely fantastic, yeah. and. Um, uh, the score doesn't reflect how hard they worked for that 90 minutes and they just kept on turning up, turning up, turning up, even when the score started to get a little bit away from them. Um, they were absolutely fantastic and um, they keep that team together. 
uh, with Ante come the NPL season next year uh, and, and maybe, mm. you know, come the second tier, you know, pro relegation, um, yeah, they'll turn some heads. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I think they were great value, to be honest. Uh, they really took it to us. They were very brave um, in how they were, you know, how they approached the game, uh, which I, you know, it made it better for the spectacle as well from, you know, I'm sure the neutral perspective, not that any the three of us are neutral by any means, but <laughs> um, look, probably at, be- at best, like you said, uh, maybe a month, two months worth of training because of the COVID mm-hmm. restrictions as well. Um, that we've all sort of been having to abide by. And, you know, Hand of Elvis makes it (laughs) 3-1. If that's not given, you know, if we had VAR at at Belmont Sports Ground, then uh, it's a very different finish because they went up the other end about, what, five, six minutes later and and scored their second. So it's two all. Um, And sober. mm. That's his first goal for the club. But i got to say... Wood's goal was the pick of the four. Um, and also a bit of credit to Alfie making that angle run. I think it was mm. just in front of him to pull the defenders away just to give Wood mm. that a little bit of time and space, that little extra bit of time and space, that lovely left foot shot. And that's what we love about Pat. He gets in and around the goal mouth or in and around that 18-yard box and he just thinks, shoot. just shoot. Yeah. You know, He sees those white posts and he just thinks, you know, take a dig, son, shoot fucking. Um, Love it. We saw a couple of new faces. Uh, Liam McGinn hasn't been at the club for long, and uh, <laughs> guess he's start. Paddy Yazbek, the young fella, um, he was really great in the middle of the field. Um, some conjecture about Corica starting Bratton, and people going, "Why the hell would you start him on a midweek night against an NPL team?" But in Steve's fence, I could see what he was trying to do. Give him—he probably was only going to play him for half a game, maybe two thirds, get a bit of minutes in his legs, and then give him, you know, ninety minutes last Saturday. But you know, I'm no physio, but if he doesn't do it on Wednesday night, would he have rocked up and then done his ACL on Saturday night? Like, it's—it's it's just, you know, bad luck. Unlucky. Absolutely unlucky. It was great to see. Um... Uh, one of our favourites, Sean Paddy Asbeck, get the start uh, on the weekend and um, hold up that midfield position. There was a few more changes to the lineup than we than we probably thought. Um, again, you, you know, we spoke in last week's pod about how serious are we going to take the cup. Um, that early goal, I mean, it it it's not like it came against the run of play. Um, I didn't think we were dominating by any means at that stage of the game. Uh, if anything, we're, we're a bit on the back foot. So um, it was interesting. We Again, I, I dare say we it's one of those games we just did enough. Uh, Patrick Wood's directness uh, was was exceptional. Uh, there are a couple of chances we had in the, in the, uh, in the first half. Um, keeper somehow kept, uh, Nick Soros uh, kept, kept some out quite well. And then the ball just wouldn't sit for Alfie the whole game. He was, he was again, visibly... Uh, yeah, visibly yeah. frustrated yeah. With, yeah. with the goings on. So, yeah, um, second half, as as predicted, as you know, most of these uh, round thirty two uh, sort of round of sixteen games between um, A League and uh, NPL sides has gone. Uh, we started to get on top, and uh, yeah, the, the the rest is history. 
Uh, I've got to say, like, I was really, Elvis was great. Like, he, he's busy. I'd like to see a little bit more end product, but it's still early days. Max was good, strong. I thought Talbot looked good. McGing, I, I thought Harry, and I mentioned this to you sitting next to me on the night, I thought he was absolutely terrible, <laughs> terrible. And, and unsurprisingly, he got dragged at half time. And interestingly, you know, at the end of the game where they have that round of 16 little kind of banner, they take the photo, mm-hmm. wasn't in the photo. Mm. Oh, really? Not reading into much, but maybe, you know, just not happy. Maybe he was already in his car headed up to Manly. But, um, no, he was, he was awful. He was awful. He couldn't hit the side of a bus. He was, uh, his, yeah. his, his, his touch and technical skills was just, maybe it was an off night, but, oh, God. He's, he's had a few of those, though, to be fair. I mean, like, uh, when does it stop becoming an off night and just a sign of, mm. you know, you know, he's just his level and his talent. I don't, I don't know. I'd be happy to let go, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look, look, he, he was getting skinned left, right and centre. And, um, you know, he can't have that happen for FFA Cup or, or otherwise. Um, yeah. So I guess it's up to him to to prove if he's given another chance. Um, I know he got a little bit of a cameo um, on the weekend. So yeah, well, he's going to get his chance. He's going to get his yeah. chances to you. Um, you know, especially if we don't bring anyone in mm. uh, to, to replace Bratton. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's sort of in that, that Luka Vanovich situation. He's, he's, he's going to have yeah. to perform when he gets his chance. Otherwise, um, there won't be a spot for him, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. after that. So, absolutely, yeah, pressure's on, the pressure's on the poor kid. Um, but I, I think he's got a lot of confidence. And, um, you know, we saw some some flashes of brilliance uh, at the back end of last season. So, yeah, look, hopefully hopefully Harry comes on and, and, and makes the most of those uh, opportunities that he gets. Um, as you said earlier, Sean, we, we, we move on to play MacArthur in the round of 16. Just something interesting. Um, that I noticed, obviously this year, the, the draw for the cup is a bit more open, boys. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not rigged to make sure a, an NPL side makes the semifinals. Um, if if results go the way of the favourites, um, there actually won't be any NPL sides left in the quarterfinals um, at this stage. So unless there's a cup set, uh, there, there won't be any NPL sides left in the final eight. So previously, I think there was guaranteed... Uh, three i think so That's a yeah, bit of a change yeah it's it's uh, look I, I think for the i don't know i guess just morally struggling to find the words but uh, i think you know having it structured like this is good in terms yeah. of um you know you've got to, you can't have just some sort of you know rigging situation to use yeah. for lack of a better <laughs> term um but it, it will be disappointing not to have the, those teams a little bit deeper in um, the tournament just because they they can bring out such, you know, amazing stories. Like, I forgot what club it is, but the duck. Like, where the hell is that duck in the FFA, the FFA Cup duck? The Melbourne Knights. I think it was Melbourne Knights. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant television. Like, you can't no, – no other sport in, in the world nah. can give you that type of crap. Nah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, it's, it's it'll be disappointing, but – yeah, let's let's just yeah. wait and see. Hopefully, yeah, just something, out. just something interesting, something interesting there. Sean, um, SFCU votes for Sydney Olympic versus Sydney FC. How did you? How did you go, mate? It was a tough one. Um, I'm going to give. I'll just go solid three, two, one. I'm going to give Paddy Asbeck three, 
two for McGing and one for Max. Very good. Very good. Very good. Uh, Jules, what about yourself, mate? Yeah, so I gave um, I gave three uh, points to Bratz. I think he was amazing yeah. when he was on and just brings a tear to my eye to see him basically create all our chances in the first half and just see what won't be for the next season, but whatever. It's all good. Um, Max Burgess gave two and, um, yeah, little Elvis with his uh, hand and just general nice. energy. Uh, yeah, I gave him one point. How good. I've um, We're being boring, lads. I'm, I've gone fairly similar. Um, I gave two to Maxi Burgess. I thought um, it, was a, it was a nice starting debut for himself. Uh, so two Burgess, two to Elvis, one to Pat Yazbek and one to Pat Wood because um, that goal was, uh, yeah, was much needed. And, and again, as we spoke about, boys, his, his directness and, and approach to everything he does is um, is a joy to watch. So that puts a little bow on the FFA Cup game. Let's talk, uh, unfortunately, about uh, the A-League men's game on Saturday at uh, Cogger Jubilee. Uh, Sydney FC, Neil MacArthur and LA Rose, a um, <laughs> one. Uh Sean, start us off, mate. I don't know where to start for this one. Um, you see what I put on the run sheet? Uh, sorry? MPL, I put one nil lost to Bulls, MPL 2's LA Rose with his first goal, with the first half goal. Um, look, it's funny, I, I jump on the, the CDFC website to see, like, the match summary, and there was, like, three or four, like, actual key points of the game in all of 90 minutes. So it shows just how quite a boring especially for us, game it was. Um, yeah, look, it, it started off with, with Rose's goal, LA Rose. Um, Davila doing Davila things, a little Mexican. Um, nice little touch from Danny De Silva, though, over to Rose. But, look, being a centre-half is, is difficult, but it was a matter of Wilco lost his man, LA Rose, he just checked away enough just to put himself in that bit of space for that finish. So that was Wilco losing his man, something I doubt will probably happen again this season. Mm. Um, then we moved on to the LaFondra chance in the 60th minute. Um, that nice uh, cross, putting it back into the box for Alfie, you know, at the near it wasn't, point. It wasn't um, again, mm. you know, probably a matter of millimetres. It could have gone in. And then Paddy Wood got his chance later in the game. Uh, I think what he came on, I've got the 57 minutes. So just two, three minutes before he comes on and already within a few minutes, he's like you were saying, John, he's just direct. He just, he yeah. just wants to shoot. He gets in and around that six or 18 yard box and he just thinks, shoot, just put it on the target. Mm-hmm. Um, drills aboard, uh, saved by the keeper. And again, another chance, but it went wide. Uh, great build up between Granick and Sober. And then would uh, chest the ball down, but I can only fire into the side netting. So uh, for a bloke that only played, what, I don't know, a third of a game, he's had more chances than, than most had that game. Yeah, it's just... It's, it's sluggish, Jules. What do you reckon? Oh, yeah, it, it was. Look, I think, um, I think, like you said, Sean, it's the match summary says it all, you know. When I've, when I've written them before, you know, you can <laughs> tell when it's a, it's a good game. Um either just in general or that's been a good game for Sydney FC by the amount of uh, highlights or 
or flash points that you that you put in your um in your match summary. And if we're only having four there, um, and mind you, I've just noticed this 60th to the 67th minute. So we were good for what 10 minutes of the game. We were threatening for 10 minutes of the game, really. Yep. Out of 90, that's pretty shit. Um, yep. we were um Oh, there's no way to put it delicately. We were dog shit in the first half. Um, it was an improved second half, but you know, hmm. boring, slow, predictable. As yeah. what um, our, our friend of the pod, Brendan Slowey, put, Jono, the horseshoe. No, it wasn't, it's, it's just it's perfectly... Do you want to explain the horseshoe, what, what Slowey means by that? Oh, so it's just it's it's just passing from one side to the other, basically, but in in the shape of uh, like you said, in the shape of that horseshoe. So, and and that's exactly what we were doing for you know the vast majority of, of the game. It was it was Retre and and Caceres passing to each other, and then passing pretty flat, um, you know, to the wing backs who who might have gotten a little bit of space, but not much. Um, like I said earlier, you you saw Ryan Grant get you know, um, noticeably frustrated with the lack of movement and the lack of go forward. And, and that was the, that, the biggest thing for me was the lack of movement. Um, you know, you watch, I, I watched um, Melbourne City and Adelaide United and at the highlights and I watched um, a bit of the Melbourne Victory game, Brisbane Raw. They make us look like the worst side in the world. Like their movement is is fantastic. They, you know, we make them look like Bayern Munich or or uh, Man City. You know, like it, it's just it's night and day, absolutely night and day. And this is round two. You know, yeah. this is round two, so we, we can't be tired. Um, the, the, why the ball movement is so slow, I, I, I just. I just don't understand. Um, and and why does it take a you know a twenty year old kid in in, in Callum Newanoff coming on and and Paddy Wood coming on to actually get excited about being there? Well, maybe there's our answer. Is and it's not about oh, injecting youth. It's just we've got better players sitting on yeah. the um, in Wood and in um, what's his, uh, in Callum. Maybe another one like a Callum Talbot or Paddy Asback that just wants to play off the cuff. And like you said earlier, Jonathan, they haven't had stuff coached out of them or coached in them yet. Mm. Um, they're exuberant. They just want to play what they see. You talk about like if they're going to use a rugby league analogy with halfbacks and five eights, they just eyes up football. They just play what's in front of them, you know, dink it over. You know, they'll do the, the simple things coming out of our defensive and middle third. But once we start to push into the final third, they just, Chance their hand a bit, and and Woody's a great example of that he just plays direct instead of this bullshit. Like it's it's all well and good to have possession, but if you're not effective in it, like I'd rather have thirty percent possession, but exactly. do a lot more with it than, than that seventy percent. Um, so I'm I'm oh, I'll get into how I feel about Corker in a moment, but sometimes I just yeah. want us to play forward, even play forward through the middle. But you saw yeah. Callum. You saw Callum come on. Sorry, Jules. You saw Callum come on, and yeah, he wasn't perfect. Um, he turned over at one point and had to. I remember had to chase back um, right back to to almost cut off a, a, an attack there for Macarthur. Um, but you don't mind it because he's trying to get a ball through the lines, like, and he's mm. moving around. He's not just passing and and drifting listlessly across the field. 
um, you don't mind to, to, to see that, you know. Um, it's just, anyway, Jules, I cut you off, mate. You go. No, 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 but you basically said that I was gonna. What I was gonna say is that um, that's that's what you get from Callum is that he's gonna try yeah. and break that, you know, that line. Um, he's gonna try and play, you know, balls. You know, he put a couple of nice little crossfield balls where he just opened up his body, received from the left. Saw, you know, Rhino making his run out to the right, long diagonal ball. Yep. I don't mind that every now and again. I'm not saying do it every time, but, mm. you know, the, the fact is, is that, yeah, our build-up play is so slow, um, you know, and just because just because uh, we want to play patient doesn't mean we have to play slow. Patience mm. doesn't mean slow. Patience mm. means we don't need to force things when they're unnecessary, uh, unnecessary, but we can still play with a high tempo. Um, and if we don't, teams will just set set back in their you know two in the defensive block of four uh, or four. eight, yeah, and just yeah, and we won't be able to break them down. Um, so, well, if I can borrow from like Vince Regari, Regari mm-hmm. um, but in the manner in which the Bulls nullified Sydney's usual avenues of goals, that should be most concerned for Carter, who was. Rolled, who rolled out effectively the same tactical blueprint for the third season running. Yes, I agree, Vince. It might be time for a refresh. The visitors knew exactly what was coming and were happy to sit back, like your angels, see the possession and pick the right moments to apply pressure. This approach generated more genuine chances than sluggish Sydney did in the first half. And in that period came the decisive goal. And that's something that we've said that Corica trots out the same 11, but mostly with the same formation, the same tactics. Um, and I just feel Steve is kind of resting on his laurels a bit. Yep. Um, don't know if I can bring up that time up at the club where you, and I we laugh about it, threw me under the bus. And you said, oh, Steve, this is Sean, the guy that slags you off on the podcast. Or what did you say? <laughs> You know, I anyway. said nothing of the, nothing of the sort. <laughs> did Steve say in reply to that, oh, we've won championships yeah two two championships not good enough for you i'm i'm like that was good then but i'm talking about now and last you know um and it's just not good enough and we're, we haven't evolved and mm. all the other teams like we've had the target on our back for the last what four or five years mm. if not maybe for the last 15 16 years but the last handful of years and i feel like we've just kind of plateaued and everybody else you looked at melbourne city and brisbane even MacArthur to a degree as well. They're just getting bigger and better. Yeah. And yeah. And I've, yeah, 100%. 100% Sean. And like I've said it before as well. We've all said it. He's ridden the coattails of, you know, Arnie Ball, in my opinion. And look, I'm not saying that Corrick is a, sh- a shit coach. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is that what has he brought to the table, which is uniquely his mm. in terms of what we've done over the last three years? If, and I'm sure there's things, you know, in the background where he's had, you know, different, you know, might be a, might be a different approach to, to game day or training or whatever. But in terms of tangible stuff that we can see as fans, and I know we don't get to see everything, but I can't I can't pick a single thing. Nothing really comes to mind. And the thing, the other thing is, just going back to Corica's, you know, comment. And yeah, look, fair play. We we've won championships and everything like that, and he's been at the helm for those. So. You know, credit where credit's due again. But when do we then start becoming the club that talks about our history rather than being the best club in the country? Yeah, I don't want to fall. I, I don't want to fall into the into that 
you know, bullshit that the Wanderers go on about, you know, Asian champions 2014. Yeah, congratulations, <laughs> mate. It's almost a decade. Three more years and it's a decade ago. So congratulations. Your trophy cabinet's collecting dust. <laughs> I don't want to be that club. We're not that club. We're the best, you know, best team in be. Australasia. We can't be. Apparently. Yeah, exactly. That's right. It, it's unacceptable. So last season we were trophyless. That can't happen again this year, but it will. It will happen again this year. Yeah, if things don't change. But like, Donna, we've gone 180 minutes without scoring a goal. Um, in recent years, defence hasn't been our problem. I know it was for a moment when LA Rose got his goal, but defence has not been our problem with the likes of Wilco, McGowan, you know, Geordie Boys, Ryan, now Joel and stuff. Um, we, we can't finish. We can't. We're not creating enough. Yeah, and but this is um, and this is something that Arnie used to say quite a lot, you know, and and it, it he'd be more upset if we weren't getting in those positions. So we're 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 creating enough opportunities to score goals, but we're not scoring them. We're, maybe we're not doing sixteen or seventeen a game, but not many teams do, uh, unless you're Melbourne City, um, but. You know, we are we are still sort of having three, four, five chances to score, and unfortunately, at the moment, they're not they're not um, going into the in the back of the net. Um, Alfie had a couple of brilliant chances, and no, they, they were you know half chances. He made the absolute most of them. You know, he had that header that you said from Caceres. It was a wonderful phase of play um, from AC to to whip that ball in. Um, there was another one in the in the first half where. You know, LaFondra just overran it. The ball sort of bobbled behind him. Uh, so th- the chances are there. We're definitely not the most creative side in the league. And, and that's, you know, that's uh, it speaks to what we've, we've just gone on about when we're talking about that lack of movement, um, you know, and the, and the lack of intensity, you know, just the lack of press. We, we, we used to press. Um, that's one thing Jules at Corrick has done. We, we don't do that anymore. Um, yeah, look, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's, it's just, um, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. Um, I mean, but at the same time, you know, I think maybe we were a little bit more cohesive in the delivery of the message in terms of the game plan and the tactics. So we were able to press because, look, the formation for me, I don't, I don't know. I look at it and we're asking... We're asking Alfie to make runs in behind wide because we're not playing with enough. We don't play with very much width when it when they're, mm. when we're in the final third, especially mm-hmm. if the if the two or five the right or left back isn't going forward. If they're not, then he has to make that run. But then we're also if it breaks down, we're then asking him to press in the same mm-hmm. breath. I, I don't know. Like I, it's not sustainable for long periods of time. Um, and it makes it very hard to press as a team. And if we, if we've got one of our most creative blokes on the bench, is it better? Well, I, ideally, I'd love to change formation to a good old four-three-three. But is it a matter of taking off Elvis to put on Max to have Ninka and Max on at the same time for more creativity? And Max has got a goal in him. He, he's not afraid to have a shot. Hmm. It could be. I, I, I just unfortunately, and we, we. We're again sounding like we're we're repeating ourselves, guys. But I just don't see Stevie changing anything dramatically. Like, especially look, it's been two games, right? Like, maybe maybe we're falling a bit into the hyperbole, you know, and a bit of the narrative, you know, post game. But 
Um, I don't see him changing uh, unless there's a few more poor results. Um, and I am extremely worried about coming up against Newcastle, having watched most of their first yeah. two games, um, which we'll which we'll talk about in a sec. But I just don't see him deviating from from what we've done the first two rounds. I just don't see it happening. He's, he does have Costa and Bobo to come back, and that might add a bit of something something to to our team going forward. It's not alarm bells. I'm not saying hashtag so and so out. I'm not doing that. I don't have anything to drink. I'm very sober. Um, <laughs> Liar. But oh, we're also not drinking from the Kool Aid either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The next the next fortnight of games uh, will. It's not do or die, and if he doesn't win the next two weeks, he's gone. But no, 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 I'm not saying that. But, yeah, this weekend's game takes even more importance. And before we get on to that, gents, let's um, let's do our SFCU votes uh, for this game, which was rather difficult. Um, I, <laughs> kept mine, I kept mine very, very simple. I went uh, Paddy Wood three. It's funny, actually. We didn't score a goal and didn't look like scoring one, but I, I gave both strikers most of the votes. Um, <laughs> I gave Paddy Wood three, Alfie two, and uh, Caceres uh, one. Caceres. Yeah. Uh, I gave Wood three, Hoff two, and AC one. Uh, Woody three, Elvis two. And Caceres won. Fantastic. Let's never talk about that game again. <laughs> um, but earlier we did talk to a uh, huge Sydney FC fan and Fox Sports producer, Hugo McWilliam. Uh, we did a little bit of a Sky Blue story. Enjoy this chat. We'll come back and preview Newcastle Jets uh, A-League doubleheader. Tonight's Sky Blue Stories gets back to its roots where we actually talk to you guys, the fans, and get uh, your Sky Blue Stories uh, along the way, which is our favourite thing to do on this podcast. Tonight, uh, it's been a few weeks in the making, actually. We were going to get this gentleman on uh, in the preseason to give us his thoughts on the squad. And uh, unfortunately, with, with everything else going on uh, in the lead up, we've, we've had to delay him. So our, our apologies well in advance to Hugo McWilliam. Uh, welcome to Sky Blue Stories, mate. Thanks for having me, boys. I have to say, unfortunately, lots of my pre-season predictions have come true. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, we'll get into that later, but we'll see what happens. And that's even uh, before before Luke Bratton, uh, unfortunately, which which you know during this episode of, of the pod we'll be we'll be touching on uh, that quite a lot. Unfortunately, Hugo. So Hugo, you're, you're uh, your day job is is a producer at Fox Sports. So um, Sean and I had the pleasure of meeting your good self at a training session one day, and and sort of hit it off there, and um, I guess the, the rest is history, mate. Here you are. Yeah, I um, I was lucky enough. Well, I've worked at Fox Sports for probably the last five years, but I was lucky enough to work on the A League production last year for the last season was at Fox. So um, it was a lot of fun. It was was great meeting you guys at um, the training session. Just for a bit of context, um, obviously I'm a Sydney FC fan, but I used to always head down to all the press conferences and stuff just in case there weren't any journos there or anything just to kind of keep the good Sydney FC stories bubbling away Very so good. um if you watch any videos on the website and stuff you probably can recognize my voice although 
I know you should be focusing on Steve anyway, but anyway, you might, you might hear one of things. He tends to say the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Okay, yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, um, so tell us, Diego, um, like what, what's your Sky Blue story? Where did it all begin? How did you come about supporting the newly crowned number one club in Australia? <laughs> Australasia club of the club in any sport, the best team, team in Australasia. How good. Um, well, I was... So basically, I was born in England. So I lived in England until I was six. And then when I came to Australia, I was looking for, um, like, to continue my love of football. But unfortunately, back in 2002, it didn't really exist in Australia. So I kind of got into lots of the other sports, rugby, cricket, league, um, a bit of AFL and stuff. So just a, a big sporting fan in general, which I've continued my love of as well. But um what got me back into it, I'm sure this is the same for, for many other people, was the 2006 World Cup and um, just being so inspired by how the team went there. And what I found interesting is there were, after the 2006 World Cup, there were lots of Australian fans who got into the Premier League, but I was one of the small but growing contingent who decided to get involved in the A-League and really kind of support it from, from home and, and those players coming up. Day so, one. Well, that's sorry. From day one, mate. Very From good. day one, no, no. So I, I missed. Unfortunately, I missed season one, but I came in for season two, and um, yeah, I've just have always loved the club. My first game, I was actually just looking back now. The first game was actually a loss, a, a two-one loss against Melbourne Victory. Archie Thompson scored twice, I think, who I actually worked with last year. So I have to call him <laughs> up and remind him of that. Except I think we've had a few more laughs, so from a Sydney FC point of view, since then. So. Yeah, when he got kicked off MasterChef, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen him yet, but apparently he did quite well. Yeah, he did actually. But yeah, we were terrible against Victory back in the day, like in oh. the early years. Yeah, we just couldn't buy a win. It was a real yeah. hoodoo, and that's what made the um, season five grand final so special. When we when we beat them and Musket hit the post, that's still one of my <laughs> favorite moments. Clank. Yeah, yeah, complete clank. It was on a, just the audio from there. I was in, I was lucky enough to be in the stadium for that, and just oh, nice. hearing it echo yeah. through. And it was just the fact that it was so full; it almost vibrated off every victory fan. We loved it. <laughs> I love it, mate. With that, that's a perfect segue because uh, I got a few rapid fire questions here uh, about uh, your Sydney sort of uh, preferences. So, Derby or Big Blue? I think I'm maybe know the answer to this and why is it derby or big blue it's so hard every before a derby i say derby before a big blue i say big blue <laughs> yeah to be honest probably big blue just because i know last year victory was so bad but the season before so bad as well but i just think it's always been you know grand finals against them and it's always been just such a big rivalry and um, i know we're going to get to this later but my favorite moments are always against victory so yeah absolutely yeah i was saying to to the guys as well uh when i did my own sky blue stories that it, it's dependent i think on yeah how how that team's going at the time and victory have just been up there more and more and i think the game means more um as well uh so yeah i totally agree with that um favorite sydney fc player all time or currently mm -hmm. All time, all time all time oh my favorite all time probably mark yanko I just nice. think he, that one oh, season no. he played, he was yeah. unstoppable. He's the, he's got the, 
the best touch to height ratio in history. <laughs> um, it, oh, he was incredible. But um, I've actually made a, a list of four. So Mark Yanko is probably one. This is in no particular order after that. Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions, Sean. Yeah. I loved Juninho. He was he was great nice. for that one season, although he was injured so much. Mm. Ryan Grant is just a complete legend. On on the park, he's great, but off the park, he's such a nice guy. This this might surprise you, but I loved Ryan McGowan. Thought he yeah, was really, right. really good. Yeah. Fresh, fresh air for the club. Alex Gersback, I loved. Thought he, he's probably the best left back the club's ever had, except um Sean's one of Sean's favorites. I love Alex. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then just three more, sorry, Danny Vukovic, Alex Brosk, and LaFondra. Very good. Yeah, beautiful. That's a that's a strong seven aside team there. That would be uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, one a question that's very uh, dear, near and dear to me, mate. Um, Sydney FC jersey. What's your favourite one? <laughs> favourite Sydney FC jersey. Great question. Um, probably the you know you know the 2011-12 jersey. Edmonton mm-hmm. had just signed. Yes. And yep. it was like a, I wish that we had the video, but it was like you had the stripes down. Yeah, pinstripes. Yeah. Pinstripes. Yep. That was the that was the first time all the clubs had like almost their own identity. It wasn't yeah. just A League. And that uh, that got me. That I thought that was that was great. But I do love the jerseys now. Um the the current jersey I think is great when you play a night game. It looks awesome on, on camera, but yeah, yeah, it it is like it um, like it, right now the, the formula they have right now is is great just in terms of you know just just mm. highlight the blue basically like and and nice. it kind of it, it resonates with me. Very yeah, good. I love it. Bit of, bit of your day job getting in the way of your opinion there, Hughes. Come on, looking good on TV. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, you're right. They do look they do look outstanding. But what about um? And again, we've 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 sort of mentioned a couple of them. But do you have a favorite? goal that stands out in your memory or outside of the clank a favorite moment that that you always sort of get goosebumps on from uh, i've i've so many um <laughs> before i didn't want to i didn't want to go back to the kind of old cliche moments but unfortunately i'm gonna have to but, <laughs> um the the ryan grant equalizer in that 2017 grand final that is still the the best moment I've been in the park for in terms of um, just the, that goal how it ricocheted around Barisha tried to head it out and everything and then Ryan Grant just somehow tapped it home my friend wasn't at the game he wasn't even watching but lives in Darlinghurst and he messaged me uh, when that goal happened and said I could hear the roar from my house it was literally everyone in the stadium I'm sure you were all there just yeah. it, it was like a complete explosion of just of emotion. I'm um, goosebumps now listening to yeah, yeah. Oh, incredible. <laughs> but favorite moment favorite match i think that's six one um thrashing of victory yes. um <laughs> that's, that's pretty amazing um and then in terms it just just favorite derby just kind of going a new um a mm. new direction on the question as well favorite derby moment there's been so many the comeback three two but that first real derby win we had which is i know i know we won the, the, the first one but um the, when we beat them three one when Richard Garcia and Abbas scored mm. that penalty, Jan Yedovic saved the penalty as well. Oh, that that was incredible! That was an incredible moment. Good, um, the incredible atmosphere of those early days as well. Uh, yeah. Which, which, as you just described, similar, similar to that Ryan Grant equaliser, mate. That's um, that's absolutely there. There's some very good highlights. Not not cliched at all, <laughs> at all. Um, what about so so? 
you, in your role, you didn't necessarily have a, a match day role. Is that right for Fox? Did, or did you? I um no, I was I was match day producer for lots of the games last year. Okay. So I produced that, but I was never um on camera for that. In my early yeah. days at Fox Sports News, I did a lot of on camera work. But um, yeah, I, yeah. In terms of um, the, I was just kind of the man behind the scenes, I guess. Kind of. Oh, you, 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 I'd you, hope to think pulling the strings. Definitely good looking enough to be on camera. This part. Uh, you're too nice, <laughs> John. This is, this is why Jules, Sean, and I are on podcast, mate. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. Medium. Um. So, so with that aside, then, dudes, what's what's a typical match day for you look like? Meet up with the boys pre-game. Um. um sit in the cove. Go to the stand sidelines. What's um, so, what's a typical match day? I'm a 10-year Cove member. I actually should be longer, but I stupidly, when I was at school, I let one of my memberships expire. So I actually should be a 14-year member. But anyway, that's that's another point. Um, I I get a Cove membership, but I actually don't sit in the Cove. So at Jubilee, I um I walk around and I sit um kind of right on halfway, a tier up. I've found um, some seats there which don't tell anyone, but they're not technically mine, but no one seems to sit there every night. Um at SFS, same thing, and I can't wait for it to open again. But I actually, um, even though I've got the Cove membership, which I use for away games and stuff, I go up and sit in the um, stadium members. Just um, there's a, I, I sat on the Cove for a while, but there's, there's a few reasons for it. Mostly because um, working when when I've been working with the A League and stuff with the Cove, as great as the atmosphere is, and that I think they do such a great job. But you can't follow the game as closely as you can from a more yeah. central seat. And um, when you need to kind of go into work and look, to be honest, I'd, I'd be able to anyway, because I know the team so well. I could probably watch it my eyes. <laughs> like when you, you still need to kind of go to everyone and explain kind of what happened and everything. And that, yeah. I can do that better from that seat at, on halfway. Good call. So what was it like behind the scenes? Like when you're working with Fox on match days, like can you take us behind the veil, behind the camera, any juicy stories? Um, oh, Aren't so you being an idiot every day? <laughs> so many juicy stories. So um, like like many of you guys, I, I grew up watching all these guys, Adam, Bozza, Robbie, and um, it was quite intimidating at first um, kind of, you know, meeting them and everything because you, someone you've, you've grown up like watching and admiring from a distance. And um, what I'll, I'll kind of take you into the inside of the three of the talents. <laughs> what Bozza is the first one, but he's the easiest because Bozza, if you meet Bozza once, you watch him on TV, you know what you're going to get. He's just full of life. He's so enthusiastic. He'll, he will chat to absolutely anyone. And um, just like, a few of my friends now, it's surprising when, you know, after a game or something last season, Boz would give me a call at like 9 p.m. or whatever. And I'd be and he'd be like, Who's there? Let's put me on, put me on. Let me let me speak to them as well and just and just have a quick chat. Um, but one of the one of the highlights, <laughs> this one of the highlights was um last year during lockdown. Um, I think like a few people I sh- I shaved my head, you know, because we weren't sure when we we're gonna go to um to back in, you know, back to hairdressers and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, um my my mum was horrified. My dad was horrified. Bozza <laughs> gave me the greatest answer I've ever heard. He gave me a hello chicks, which I, I think we all know from Match Day Saturday. It was one of the, one of the best things, you know. And I I remember just being, yeah, I remember being like my years made. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, Robbie, Robbie Slater is I think the funniest person I've ever met. Sydney FC like, pom poms, is he? 
he does love Sydney FC. I, I, he, doesn't, he doesn't want his allegiance um, out there, but I think it's pretty obvious sometimes, especially when you had Graham Arnold as a coach in the FC, although I guess he was a coach of the Mariners before that as well. Um, Robbie Slater, his passion for football, he, he's, he is so passionate about it. But the, the only problem is it's, it's below a tough exterior. And mm. so he, he always, he, it's so funny because you'll call him and his, his immediate reaction, like I'm quite enthusiastic as it is, but I'll call him and I'll be like, Robbie, I need you to do this. And he goes, oh, what? Why? I don't want to do that. But then he's always the first person there. He, he kind of got that tough exterior, like, you know, just like he, he doesn't want to seem like he's so mm. kind of, you know, keen at first, but he's someone who'll <laughs> always be there for you if you need him. Hard to get, hard to get. I organised an interview um before the the big blue which was cancelled due to rain last year with ryan mcgowan and luke braddon and um basically adam was busy which fair enough boz <laughs> boz was having lunch with the croatian ambassador i don't know why or what or what he was doing there but he was and then robbie was the only one who showed up um and then adam peacock is just the most natural host you could ever have his sport knowledge is incredible Mm. And to be honest, um, I, I tell him this all the time, but when um, Harry Kuehl and Brett Edmonton arrived for the A-League launch in 2011, I was there just as a fan and I was getting everyone's autograph. So Brett Edmonton, Harry Kuehl, et cetera. And Adam was embarrassed when I told him last year that I actually got his autograph. <laughs> he, said, uh, he said, oh, why? Why did you get mine? A waste of paper. And I said, well, I can't, you were someone I looked up to when I was younger. So it was Very a cool. big privilege to work with him last year. Fantastic. That's awesome. And, mate, I think you also... Um, uh, another career highlight there. You, you also had something to do with uh, a little series with uh, Sydney FC's inaugural marquee player last year, did you not? Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, this is it's just like parts of my um, kind of Fox Sports life where I'm just kind of being in the right place, right time. Boz walked in during COVID, mask on. He used to go through a bottle of sanitizer a day, but um, we, he um, he decided to do a um, chat. To- which was such a good idea by Boz. Um, didn't get didn't get enough love, but that's okay. Um, we um, he his first guest we had was Dwight York, and it was incredible because it was one of those things where like we we reached out to him, said, "Do you want to do it?" He goes, "I can do this specific fifteen minute window." He goes, "I'm playing golf before and I'm playing golf <laughs> afterwards." He lives in, he lives in Dubai or Abu Dhabi, one of the two. And um, so we were, I was thinking like, oh, we, we won't want to, like, he won't want to go long then. Anyway, Bozza asked him, I think, three questions and he spoke, I think, 12 minutes on each. And it was incredible. He was talking about, you know, just coming to Sydney FC and how he, he started that identity of, um, you know, Sydney FC players don't line up for nightclubs. You know, Sydney FC players go straight in. We're like the Manchester United here. And he'd take them on boat parties and stuff. And I, I know it, it probably wasn't the same professionalism as it is now but it's, it's still a, a great story about you know how someone came and immediately revolutionized the club so yeah it was a great it was good fun yeah fantastic now you, you know hugo fox no longer has the a-league um channel 10 paramount was it cbs viacom the, the big daddy there has taken over um have you got any thoughts on what you've seen so far um my thoughts Come not really as a Fox employee who um, I'm still with at the moment, but um, my thoughts come more man as a football fan. I think it's great to see, um, firstly, that there's people working in it who are passionate about it and 
I think what's been it's it's great seeing lots of my friends from Fox are still working either behind the scenes or on camera, mm-hmm. which is nice. People like Georgie Amendale and Tara Russian, everything. Um, I just I'm just happy I can keep watching the games personally. Like I think um, like what the um, it's it's kind of it's a cool it's a new experience. I think we're all used to kind of flicking on Fox. But it's definitely something I can get used to. Um, I'd, I'd definitely love to be involved. Um, probably, it probably won't happen in the near future, but definitely at one point. Um, and I think they, um, like, there's always going to be teething concerns, but I think they've thrown themselves into it. They've they've trying to make a new identity. They're 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 really trying hard to grow the game. And I think it's I think it's I've enjoyed it personally. So. Yeah, yeah there's been some teething stuff. I know over the last couple of weekends with the internet connection and people dropping yeah. it and whatnot. But that's that's I dare say that's going to happen. It's annoying, but what I, what I've learned what I've learned is no matter what, and I think we can all agree with this, and we can have a bit of self-deprecating fun. You can never ever please football fans, no matter what. So there's always seventy yeah. percent happy and thirty percent unhappy, but the thirty percent are the loudest ever yeah and i say that being one of those people i was definitely one of those people growing up as well but um the so back to some of the problems i've so and i obviously i've worked in production so i know and you know i've been in studios for every mistake or you know or every blow up or every whatever um but i've i've noticed a few little audio things and but i've i haven't i haven't noticed much i was at the derby during the um during the West United Melbourne victory one, where I think was the, the big error, but it happens. It happens in every, every code, every production. Um, like it's, I think, I think the biggest message I would say is um, you ha- I've seen a lot of people boycotting on um, online and stuff. And what I'd say is stick with it. Like we all, we all want this game to grow. Um, we all want it to do well. And sometimes it's, it's you know like it might be a change, but if you want if you want the game to do well, like you know you know get behind it and support it. And if you've got any suggestions, of course voice them. But don't stop watching. Mm-hmm. Don't stop watching just because it, it's not at you know not at yeah. the company you work for or not at the you know not with the product you're used to. Well said. Yeah, absolutely well said. And another great segue. How would you <laughs> using your background? Um, how would you enhance the media around the A leagues? And the coverage of it. I know. Yeah, it's only it's only a small segment um, here. Yeah. Sorry, what was the second question? I I I jumped over. Uh, yeah. Sorry. No, uh, and how? Uh, so, how would you enhance the media around the A leagues and the coverage of it as well? Um. Okay. So, how would I enhance the media coverage? Um. So, look, I I love league. I love AFL. I love cricket. Um, but football is my true love. There's not, unfortunately, right now, there's not as many people as like you know, like me around Australia. Yeah. Um, we had so much success with Del Piero, with Heskey, with Ono in the past. I don't think that's the way forward anymore. What I think is we've had a away in the a-league recently where we we follow exactly what nrl clubs do um we follow exactly what afl clubs do we promote in the same way we do the same media coverage it's not it's not about that we have to start thinking outside the box we have to start thinking about 
kind of where are our fans? What, what can we do to appeal to new fans? And I, I pitched this last year at Fox. It never got off the ground. But you, what you need to start doing to people now, imagine if five years ago, and I know, I know I'm jumping ship here, and I wish I could think of a, a Sydney FC example right now. Imagine if five years ago we had said, we had set up a campaign all around Aaron Moy at the Wanderers and um, at the Wanderers and then at City. And we had said this, you know, this, he's not a kid anymore. He was 24 at the time. But this guy will be playing the Socceroos in five years. Get behind him now because you can tell your friends that I watched him when he was, when he was 23. And now look at him. He's, he's playing in, in the Premier League when he's 29. Um, imagine if you had that campaign for, for someone like Gersbach or something. We, should, we need to be pumping up these young kids who have a future. And we had a huge chance to do that ahead of the Olympics. Someone like Joel King, who is an absolute superstar and it's not marked sure right. He's that, he's that Australian player who, who can be like that Fred Edmonton type. Like he runs all day. He, he goes into every challenge. He, he's actually, I, I don't know if you guys agree with this. I haven't seen him make a, make a mistake in three years. I think he's just so tidy. He doesn't, doesn't do everything perfectly, but he's, he's so tidy. Um, so that's, that's, the, that's one way I would do it. Um, nice. You need, and this is no, oh, God, you're getting me down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> um, you need media managers and look shout out to a few dave dave warren is the fc media manager is, is the best he's one of the yeah. best. you need like you need you almost need like an annoying guys like me who just, just give give someone a call and just be like hey you know what are you like to media agencies what are you guys doing today we can give you you know you know ryan grant's playing his 250th game which mm. like you know, no one yeah. heard about it until Ben Homer, who's great, yeah. by the way, said it in the commentary as, as he walked <laughs> out on Saturday. You just you just need to find these stories and just and just literally just send out as many as you can so that people can people can you know try yeah. and build yeah, saturate try the market. Yeah. Yeah. Um and what was your, what was your second question? What what I do to improve the coverage? Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. So, it's so it's hard because um look during during NRL games and AFL games, it's there are little things you can do because they're not as non-stop as, as football is. Football, right. you know, you can't you can't be running, you know, <laughs> a promotion in the fifteenth minute because mm. anything can happen at any time. Yeah. Um, I just I think with the coverage, you just got to be selling people on these storylines the whole time. So even and, and we know that we've all been to the football games where you know it's one for the purists. You know, it's a zero <laughs> nil draw, but we still love it. We still go every week. Um, you know, you have to be pointing out why every minute is important in terms of, you know, just just stuff like last year. I remember um, doing games when, you know, Sydney FC hadn't scored in like, you know, 120 minutes or something early in the season. And, you know, you just kind of, you know, you keep reminding people that, you know, like, oh, the pressure's on or whatever. You can Corrick as men do anything to, to find, you know, a breakthrough. Um, you know, stuff like, you know, you can... You can do things like you can, it's 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 a tough thing to go, but you, you know if you if you can if you can somehow show the intent like you know the intensity of what these players are going through, and then also add to that what the fans are going through. We have the best active support yeah. in the country, hands down. So that that's something I'd highlight. Um, there's a few little things. I, I kind of I lost my trip. No, no, I think it's <laughs> I think you you hit the nail on the head. It's all about yeah, sort of building that narrative around why these these moments are important. And I don't know, it's sort of had a little 
a ping in my head from from a campaign years back with the 90 minutes 90 emotions uh and i thought that was um i love that ad campaign i love the um everything about it and i thought it was yeah perfect that's exactly what it is um football is not all about emotion and passion so yeah now on the head sorry just just one more thing to add what used to frustrate me not so much now but um definitely four or five years ago and the big one for me was the 2010 11 grand final which was the, the i think the best game of a league's ever been that that Eric Pardalou header at the end. Um, the um, like we always with the A League, we seem to you know we we'll start off strong in terms of coverage. We'll go into a, a dip and then at the final and then after the grand final, everyone goes, "When's the next game?" And you go, "Oh, it's in six months." Whatever. <laughs> we need a way. We need a yeah. way of just keeping those fans um, engaged. Yeah. yeah. More football uh, mid season. Uh, you know, schedule the FFA Cup differently. And yeah, people more in the ACL and well, yeah, well, way 100%. They've talked about things like a pre season five aside tournament. Mm. I don't know if yeah, that almost was like the right, rugby sixes thing, yeah. yeah. But I guess it'll change in time when more teams are introduced. <clears> in it was it 26 rounds this year and 26 balloons mm. to 28 to 30. Yeah, well, they're you know, talking about the um, bringing in the extra two teams next season as well, which will be exciting. Yeah, so, definitely. Depending on who they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. That's another can but of worms. I, I'm not going to open that one up. It has been like it has been refreshing though. Like um, there was there was definitely a time, especially in ten season comp, where you play the same team every three weeks. Yeah, you know, so yeah. it's been kind of nice, yeah. especially and also having the, the six games a weekend. It's nice. Like it's you know there, there's yeah. plenty of variety for football fans. Like you can. You can watch two games a weekend and, and be satisfied with your football fix. And there's another, there's still another four, you know. So mm-hmm. you're, you're getting your, your football fix. Um, you know, even if, if you watch one or two, and you can you can watch different teams every weekend. It's a, you know, it's a nice nice little feeling. Absolutely. Maybe yeah. before you go, we're going to talk some real football, some real Sydney FC football. Um, oh, yeah. Insights though, mate. That's really really interesting for us to um to hear from. Like Sean said, a little bit behind the veil there, behind the curtain. Um, mate, you and I were talking uh, weeks ago, and and you were you weren't too happy with with Sydney's off season business. And I think with hindsight, um, I think I think some of your, your feelings might have been justified a bit. But let me let me ask you this: um, What have you made of of the three professional fixtures we've had so far, and and how do you think the rest of the season is going to pan out? Well, let's let's scrap the FA Cup first of all, because <laughs> yeah, that's, it's good. It's good we won that. Um, but you know, we should if if we lost that, it, there would have been you know heads would have rolled because you know, that was it was actually not a bad performance. It was free free throwing, great game to watch. But um, let me first, I just want to just pumping up my tires. But I'm going to read this message I sent on October eight. Okay, so I said because you were we were you were messaging me about um, some other guests coming on, but yes. here we are. So I said. By the way, let me know if you want me to come on the podcast as well before the season as a 10-year member and a fan. Definitely got some things to say about the squad. I think we have reason to be very worried this year. Um, okay, now let's, let's start. I don't think I've been more disappointed than watching Marco Tilio run rings around mm. us in the grand final last year. So Don't break my heart again. That, <laughs> Yeah, it's we've got to address that first. We've let so many young kids go. Um, yeah. and it's a problem because and you look at you look at like you know, someone like Alex Bomyahan who sat on the bench last year, he barely started throughout the whole season. 
and then was let go. Why couldn't we have made that decision earlier, you know, and said, you know, sorry, Alex, you know, you, you were meant to be a great signing for us. We'll, we'll pay the rest of your salary, but we've got this young kid, Marco, who plays the same position with you. And sorry, is better than you. And, um, you know, can, you know, can, is, is doing some, some amazing things. And the thing that got me this year, and he's been one of my favourite players to watch in past seasons, and yes, he hasn't got the time, but Luka Vanovic getting released and going to Brisbane and watching him score in round one. Uh, and I know he missed that sitter on the weekend for Brisbane, but that, that really got Always me. Happen. I remember just thinking like, oh, he's someone, he's someone you want, you know, especially when you're up one nil, you want to put Luka Vanovic on because he runs for everything. He never stops. And he's, he's just a real hassler for the opposition team. Um, now, what else have I said? We didn't recruit well this off season. Um, our main signing was Max Burgess, who hasn't played in a season. Don't get me wrong. I actually went to school with Max Burgess. I think he's a great player. <laughs> I think he's going to do well. But he, um, he hasn't played in a season. He's 26, 27. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a great player. But if, if that's your key recruit yeah. for a, a club who should be the best in the A-League, um, obviously it's been well publicised, but our team is getting on as well. Um, I know Wilkinson and yeah. Ninkovic are very good players, but um, they're, they're definitely, um, you know, they're, they're not far away the from hanging it up. Mm. Um, now, here's a bit of a, a scoop for you guys wow. as well for Sky Blue Stories. And I cannot believe no one has, has gone with this at all. I went to the, um, look, this is how much of a Sydney FC keen I am. I, um, two weeks ago before the derby, I just went to, um, I wasn't doing a story on it or anything. I wasn't, I just, I just wanted to see what the new world order was like at Sydney FC training before the, before the, the final press conference before the derby. So I rocked up and there were a few other journos there. And I, I said to them, I'm, I'm just here to watch. So you guys, you guys just go ahead. Anyway, no one asked until I asked about Steve Corica almost leaving to go to Japan. So he was, he was, it was, if Musket said no, Steve Corica was going. And Steve had Yokohama. Had yeah, Yokohama. Yeah. He had his bags packed. Really? Anyway, I asked him, I was just like interested. I said, um, so what happened with that? Like, do you, are you gonna, anyway, he says, oh, I've got one year left in my contract. I don't want to be disrespectful to the club, you know, um, but I, I do want to go overseas. Um, and I know people at the club listen to this, so I'm looking forward to hearing <laughs> about this tomorrow. But um, I think I think people are looking forward to Croker leaving the club uh, in the year's oh, time. Oh, <laughs> it's been great. Sandra, listen to him, Sandra. I'll say this. <laughs> Don't be surprised if there's a new coach next year, and don't be surprised if his name is Mark Rudin. Oh, oh. So, keep your USBs clear yeah. and safe, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like in all, in no all honestly, Stadge can't be doing much after he looks after the Philippines women. Stadge is an option too. Stadge is definitely an option, but I think I Mark it. Rudin has that history with the club, and I think he he might be the the one. Um, but he um. I'm convinced that Korok is on his on his way out. He's got one foot out the door. But I I, I think personally, so you reckon he was super keen. Julian. You reckon he was super keen for the opportunity and and was happy to happy to expand his horizons a bit because that's yeah, not, that's he, definitely not the, obviously the club's you know going to come out and say, but you know the club came out and, and I think it was DT probably and said you know it's all it's all bullshit. Um, yeah, mm. he um he said when he resigned in 2019 that. He's, it's great that he's re-signing, but he wants to be coaching overseas. He wants yeah. to be 
coaching the Socceroos. And I think that's that's great. But like good on him. And I think I, yeah. I seriously believe he's worthy of it. I think I think the transition planning um from Arnold to Coroco has been perfect. We haven't finished that side of the top two since, you know, since the, the change. Um yeah, but I, I think he, he's definitely got um, you know, eyes looking elsewhere. Um now, can I just say one caveat as well? Because had I come on in pre-season yes. and I would have said that Cam Sober as a signing is terrible, but he has impressed me and I think he's been great, especially in the derby. I thought he was unbelievable. Yeah, I think he was one of the best on field with the derby. Yeah. 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 Credit where credit's due. Credit where credit's due. And so I want to say thank God I didn't come on in pre-season because welcome <laughs> to the club, Cam Sober. <laughs> Don't worry, Hugo. I did that. I did that job for you, mate. I put my foot yeah. right in my mouth. So <laughs> the, rest, the rest of us, mate, don't don't worry about it. And let's hope it, let's hope it continues for um, for Elvis, because like you said, and to your point, Hugo, we are meant to. We want to be the best and the biggest club in the country. And and, and the offseason recruiting was very underwhelming. Let, let's not let's not um, you know hide behind that. Um, and I think um, unfortunately, Bratz's injury is going to further expose the lack of business and. And planning that we've done in that particular role, but yeah. Hugo, now we've got, now we know we've, we've seen the first game or first game and a half of of Brattonless Sydney FC. And I'm going to ask the two boys this a bit later on in the pod. Um, where did you have us finishing pre Bratton injury, and, and where do you think we'll finish now? Oh God, I still think we'll make top six just on. Just because you come up against us and people still think we're the old Sydney FC, um, I'm going to say I'm going to say before the season I would have said fourth. I'm going to say now I say fifth or sixth. Yeah. Um, Bratton injury is a huge loss and poor guy as well, especially getting red card on the grand final, wanting to you know to show yeah. something this year. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's a big loss. The only silver lining me with that and of course there's no silver line with injury it's such a shame but um to see Neuenhoff show what he can do this year I think I think he was a um such a rising star last year and he's someone who's got a really bright future I want to see what he can do um I think we're gonna have to see more retro though unfortunately but that's all good it's not gonna touch that one yet (laughs) (laughs) get behind Paolo, as we'll get behind Elvis and the rest of the boys. Um, Hugo, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure to finally get you on. Like you said, we've been talking for a few weeks now, so our apologies uh, for delaying that. But, hey, it's given you a chance to um, to see us play a few games and, and reshape some opinions there. So, uh, mate, it's, it, like I said, an absolute pleasure. Uh, on behalf of Sean, Jules and, and Sky Blue Stories, mate, thanks so much for joining us and, and all the best for, uh, for your Sydney FC season ahead. No worries, boys. Love this club. So always great to come on this podcast. So Saturday night, 7.45 at Cogra. Uh, we play the Newcastle Jets, who are just coming off a pretty entertaining two-all mm-hmm. draw against Western Sydney Wanderers. Uh, so what are we what are we thinking, lads? Uh, how's our uh, how's our chances in this game? Dead. I'm scared, Sean. You... Oh, look! Before the start of the season, I'm not, it's not an easy three points. But I thought, oh yeah, this is a game where we should get three points. Um, but they had a their two or draw with um, the scum. They probably, probably should have won that, or, or 
had mm. uh, put, put away their chances more so in the first half. Um, but look, they're both both teams are one draw, one loss. Um, although they've scored more goals than us, um, so uh, I, I'm a little nervous, and I shouldn't be, but I'm, I'm hopeful. I tell you what, the the, the biggest um, the biggest contrast is is probably we were just talking about how Sydney's doing the same thing that we've done for three years. That's definitely not what Newy Newy Jets are doing. Um, they've had a big squad overhaul as, as they have had the last few seasons, but Arthur Pappas has obviously, you know, putting his imprint on how he wants his team to play. And um, to be honest, like, yeah, they lost their opening round to uh, to the Mariners. And, and uh, like you said, Sean, they they should have um, they should have had this game uh, won and done probably by the thirty minute mark, but. They've brought in some some lesser knowns in terms of the foreigners, and um, but they're they're moving with with real intent um, as as a team as a unit, and they're creating these opportunities. Um, Nikol Tadze, uh, I think the Georgian um, is quite impressive, and, and he's one of those one of those players that's that lives for absolutely every touch of the ball and every challenge, and um, I think it's. Daniel Pen, Penya, uh, Penha, um, he scored a, a wonder goal in the FFA Cup game they had a few weeks ago against um, Western United, uh, which which wasn't enough to to see them through to the next round. But I'm I'm worried. Um, I'm worried, gents. If they if they come out and play like they did, and we come out and play like we did, um, this could be this could be COVID resumption against Newcastle Jets. You know. Six months ago, when they pulled mm. our pants down at uh, at Cogra. Yeah, I, look, I, I I tend to agree. I, you come up against Jets, I think, in the last few seasons, that it's um, it's ne- I don't think it's ever been an easy game, but it's a game where you say, okay, yeah, pretty comfortable mm. three points, um, should be okay here, but I don't think so this season. And uh, just like you said, John, probably on the balance of just how they've started and what they've looked like, and and. Contrastly, how how different we look in terms of our, our quality um, the last the last two games. Um, I think they were desperately unlucky um, to not to not wrap up the game by halftime. I was watching it with the misses, and she was biting her nails off, uh, being under a scrub. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, they looked really sharp and dangerous. Um, so yeah, I'm going in with a little bit of. Um, yeah, ominous sort of feelings and a bit of a pessimistic view, but hopefully I'm proved wrong. Um, what do we reckon Corica does with the lineup? Does he mm, do we see just, Bobo and Costa back? Uh, does he make a change in the midfield? Does he? I think he just goes stand. I think he just does stand Corica lineup. Um, yeah. so the one that we've we started with the last two games. The only thing I could see maybe if he is got a set of eyes is um, potentially changing out the harsher for wood. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think that that would be an astute bit of, yeah, look, he's, he's just offers so much in the moments where he's, he's been given a nod this year already. Um, just looks dangerous, way more dangerous than Bahasha at the moment. Um, Trent's so, just better off the bench. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's it, it, I know that's obviously not the role that any footballer wants to be tagged with but you know the other thing is that Trent's um you know Trent's coming back from a pretty serious ankle injury as well so yeah and he's played a lot of football in the last couple of weeks so mate I, Jules I, I reckon that'd be um 
that would be a very good change to the lineup. I don't see um, the the only other one could be an, an Elvis for Costa. Um, if, like Costa's, that, if, yeah. if Costa's fit, mm. and I'd like to see Max Vaninko. Yeah, a bit of game management there wouldn't be, wouldn't be bad as well. I think in terms of Costa, I could see just because Elvis actually. I can't believe I'm saying this considering how much I shitbagged him um, when we signed him. But he's actually been decent the last few games. Like he, yeah. again, like you like you've said, Sean, there's not a like an actual end product, a legal end product, I should say. Um, but um, look, he's looked lively, he's created some, you know, chances here and there. I thought he's been pretty good. So maybe Costa comes on just because he's come back from you know, um, whatever he's come back from, these injuries. Mm. So, uh, you know, maybe he comes on as a sub and then wean him back into the starting lineup again. Love to see that. Um, the former big blue man in, in Matty German uh, returns, returns mm. to face his old mob. Um, again, Elsie and, and German, um, they're, they're a new, brand new partnership for, for Newcastle Jets. So, Hopefully, um, I'm, I'm, I'm predicting Alfie will have a little bit of fun there. Um, I, I think he'll, he'll get his, he'll get his goal that he's, that he's after. Um, I, I just, I'm, I'm worried about our overall play as a, as a team. That's all. Um, so, I don't know, Sean. Um, I, I don't know. Did you want to predict the score? What, yeah, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? I'm going to say a <laughs> one-all draw. I'm going to. I'm going to. Uh, I think we're going to lose. Um, I think we're going to lose two-one. Yeah, I have us as a one-all draw. Originally, I had us as a three-one loss. I thought, nah, come on, that's that's a bit too pessimistic. So it's hard, it's, it's um, hard to predict losses. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it is. It's hard, but no. Look, I think uh, I think Woody will come off the bench and score. Um, they'll take the lead, and we'll be feeling pretty lucky after the game to get away mm. with a point. Um, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> That, that sums up how. I hope you guys are right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, we will see. Um, before that, uh, before that, sorry, Sean. Anything else you wanted to add before we? No. Put a bow on that. Um, before the A League men's, it's the start of the A League women's uh, season, gents, and uh, we always touch on um, touch on these games as well. Obviously, um, pretty exciting time for the club. Uh, obviously, a bit of. Um, bit of revenge to uh, to happen this season, let's hope. Um, Nat Tobin's back. We thought she was gone. Uh, Teresa Polias is off uh, becoming a mum in the very, very, very near future, we understand. Um, so a few changes to the squad, uh, but, you know, we've also got a couple of girls coming back from Matilda's uh, duty for this one in Remy Seamson, uh, Jess Nash, and Charlie Rule. So fantastic for those um, for those girls to all get a bit of a run um, in in well at least you know in amongst the squad for those fixtures against the USA. Uh, game kicks off at five o'clock at Cogra. Uh, I'm actually I'll actually be there for that one. I'm I'm less likely to to be able to stick around for the men's, but um, we'll we'll see how we go. Um, Newcastle Jets, a bit of a hot and cold 
uh, record in, in in the dub the last couple of years. Um, they've they've retained uh, again quite a few local um, players and and quite a few you know mo most mainly United girls I think either play for us or Newcastle Jets Sean. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I um, I feel like we're going to get off to a a really strong start in this one. I think it'll put us in a good mood, gents, for the uh, for, for the A League men's uh, afterwards. Uh, thoughts from thoughts from yourselves? Oh, I think the girls will get off to a good start. Um, it's a really strong squad. I know we've lost T. We've recently lost Ellie Brush. Uh, Claire Wheeler is gone, but the vast majority of the girls have stayed. Um, I already know. I have a feeling who he'll trot out. Uh, Ante, that is. Um, so I, I think the girls will get off to a win. I don't think it'll be a big win. Um, I think the girls will be a little bit of a slow burn as the season goes. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Courtney Vine, she'll pick up where she left off. Mm. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for Courtney Vine. I think she's um, uh, rhymes a little bit there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, look, she's, she's, she's great. Um, talk about um, you know, how slow we are in the A-League men's at the moment. She's, um, she's complete opposite. She's very dynamic player that you just love to watch. Um, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing her um, get out on the park again in Sky Blue. Uh, I think the, the one threat I think we need to probably be a little bit wary of is uh, uh, Mary Marcusen, who's mm -hmm. uh, signed for the Jet recently. I don't know if you've also seen her. You know, she's a talented footballer. You know, if you look at her stats, she's she's um, played at some some pretty decent clubs around around the place. Uh, Wolfsburg, second team being one of them, but um, and uh, you know, obviously internationally, but for Norway. But um, mate, mm. the picture that I saw of her that they released when they signed her, she looks just intimidating <laughs> as well. Yeah. Like she would just go right through you in a tackle. And not think anything of it. And she's a striker. So yeah, yeah. normally they're not too good with their challenges. So you probably end up with a broken leg. But <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I, I agree. I agree, guys. I think we're going to get off to a decent start here. We've, we've kept, retained a lot of the squad. Um, you know, Ante's obviously, oh, I think, a, a pretty, pretty astute um, mm. gaffer as well. So yeah, I, I think we'll get up um, pretty easily here. Nice. Let's um, let's do some score predictions. I'm gonna look. They've got some attacking talent, and like you said, Jules, you know Tara Andrews and Gemma Simon. I think are, are both there again. I, I hope I've got that right. Um, but I'm gonna say three nil to our good selves. I reckon. I reckon uh, those those players that you mentioned for Sydney FC. We're going to start quite well. Princess of Beanie. Um, well, you'll, you'll have a Beanie, Courtney and, and Remy up front, won't yeah. you? Yeah, that's perfect. Chile and Messi in uh, Rojas will be there. And, uh, I can't I, wait I, to see Rojas. Yeah. I think we'll be playing like a 10 with Remy and, I'm oh, no, sorry, Taylor and McKenzie in the middle. And I'm sorry, Nat, now with Ellie Brush out, I think <laughs> you'll find yourself pairing with Caitlin Cooper uh, uh, in the, in the centre-halves. Maybe with Jessica Nash to, to come into that position. At Who'd you say? Caitlin Cooper? Not Caitlin Cooper. Who am I thinking of? Um, Natasha Pryor. Is that you thinking of? Pryor, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was like, hang on. Used to be. Natasha Pryor. Natasha Pryor should be in the bloody Matipas playing yeah. centre-half, I'll tell you. Uh, with Charlotte and um, Ali either side. 
very good. Yeah, it's a strong yeah. lineup. Yeah, 100%. That's, um, I'm really looking forward to that kicking off. Really looking forward to seeing Maria Cote Rojas um, turn it on in Sky Blue. I think she's been away in India, possibly playing for the, the Chilean national team. So I hope she's back with plenty of time um, and, and able to, to, to take the pitch. Uh, but, gents, um, you know, we're, we're a bunch of amateurs here. Um, we thought we'd uh, ask uh, one of our Sky Blue royalty to preview the uh, the women's season for Sydney FC um, on our behalf. And, and that wonderful, wonderful person is is the great Teresa Polias, who uh, recorded this preview for us. And um, I think whilst we let Teresa take over, we might say goodnight, gents. And uh, we'll see you on the weekend at the game. Hopefully we see everyone else. Oh, just very quickly as well, we should, we'd be remiss of us not to mention uh, there was a COVID positive person at the game uh, between Sydney FC and MacArthur on the weekend. So if you do have uh, symptoms, make sure you, you, you go and get tested and, um, and do the right thing. And, and hopefully everyone is, uh, is, is fit and well uh, on the back of that. Uh, thanks for your company. Thanks to Hugo McWilliam. And thanks to the wonderful Teresa Polias. Here she is to preview the Sydney FC A-League women's season. Hi, everyone. Teresa Polias here. Um, the guys at Sky Blue Stories have asked me to preview the upcoming season for our A-League women. So, um, yeah, I'm honoured to do that. And um, it's going to be a great experience for me on the other side for a change. So I'm really looking forward to watching the girls' season. Um, to start with, uh, the overall squad is excellent. Once again, uh, Ante's recruited really, really well, which has been you know, a theme of Sydney FC over the, over the years. And I just think that our ongoing success enables us to keep recruiting the best out there. So um, some really, really exciting ins. Um, Cote Rojas, obviously she's a Chilean superstar. Um, very, 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 very creative player. So um, looking forward to seeing her link up with the likes of our creative midfielders, Rachel Lowe, Mackenzie Hawksby, Taylor Ray, and the new Sarah Hunter as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, she was got a lot of attacking flair. Um, as I said, very creative for Adelaide United. Um, last season and yeah really looking forward to seeing her in sky blue and what she can bring to the team um, Paige Satchel is another recruitment who offers really exciting speed um, in our attack to add to, to what we've already got so uh, it'll be really exciting to see her link up with Remy and, and Prini and, and those sort of rotations happening on the field and then two really really up and coming great youngsters We've recruited in Sarah Hunter and Jessica Nash, uh, opposite sides of the spectrum, have, um, being that Jessica Nash is a defender, but um, she was one of our youngsters a couple years back at Sydney and she's got a really, really calm head on her, um, very mature for, for her age. And um, yeah, she really came into her own for Canberra last season in a, in a breakout debut season where she played regularly and... and um, yeah, was very mature and plays well beyond her years. So it'd be great for her to continue her career at Sydney FC back home. Um, and as for Hunter, very, you know, similar to, to the likes of our creative midfielders we have. So 
Um, yeah, I guess Ante is looking to the future there and ensuring that we've got enough midfield stocks for the season and, and she'll really add to that depth as well and I'm sure she'll be um, you know, pushing for a starting spot really uh, because she, she had an outstanding season for the Wanderers last year. So, um, yeah, it's all going to come down to, I guess, you know, how the girls train um, and then performing games week to week because there's a lot of uh, depth there that Ante will need to keep happy, really. So, um, no, it's all very exciting. I guess the overall strengths, within the squad um i'd have to say our, our, their pace um you know the attacking three are quite pacey uh, you got courtney vine who's just a bullet out there um Prinny, she's a powerful player and the addition of satchel and rojas as well um yeah they're, they're quite quick as well um so pace is definitely a strength uh, for the girls and if they can utilize the team strengths to the best of their ability I think um, they'll be able to capitalize on a lot of teams and you know with that I was just looking one of the questions you guys asked me to answer was a likely 11 and I'm just looking at it going how are you going to fit all these amazing players in so the other strength I guess is the depth particularly in attack um yeah so it'll be interesting to see who who Ante starts with I guess it's going to come down to um performances in preseason uh games and training so um yeah Ante will be looking at it at who's working really really hard and and progressing at the rate they need to 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 um be competitive in round one uh weaknesses look it's hard to tell from now when you haven't really seen all the other teams play either um, but if I had to pick something um, we are a very very young team so um, the loss of a bit of experience probably could um, be considered a weakness um, but in saying that you know you need to to gain your experience somewhere so um, you know if if the girls can take each game as it comes and not, you know, wait for things to happen, which tends to happen when you are young and inexperienced, you, you sort of wait on others to get the job done. Um, I think, you know, there's, there's players that have been around long enough that now need to take the game by the scruff of the neck and really lead um, and, and do things to, to ensure we win games. So, um that would be the only weakness I can sort of see at the moment. Um, but once the season starts, I guess maybe, you know, things sort of reveal themselves. But no, a really, really strong squad. Um, you know, they should be aiming for, for big things again this season. Okay, who to watch out for? Wow, I could name, you know, being such a young up-and-coming squad I could name a lot of players I'll keep it to three players um, the first player is Charlie Rule who is an awesome young player very very versatile you could throw her in at center back right back midfield wing she's really really good I'm yet to see her at striker I think but I know um, you know in the NPL she's scored a bag of goals especially with her head 
so that's really really handy um so i'm really really looking forward to seeing charlie get some significant game time this this season um the other two to watch out for i've put them together taylor ray and mackenzie hawksby in midfield um really looking forward to these two stepping up as more senior members of the squad now and really leading the team in games and like i mentioned earlier if someone's going to take this game by the scruff of the neck it's going to have to be players like these two so um yeah i'm really looking for them forward to them um solidifying their places and becoming you know seasoned leaders in the team this season um not to mention they play together in the npl for sydney olympic so hoping that their uh, chemistry shines shines through for the season i'm sure it will so this is you guys have asked me to um come up with a likely 11 now that's tough really really tough um you know looking at the layout of the squad and all the names here it's almost impossible really um yeah it's going to be a headache for, for, for ante for sure um i've got a likely 11 here but you know what and it could be anyone really um i've likely got jada to start in goals um with potentially everything i'm going to say is potentially because um i think you know no matter how long you've been around you really need to earn your spot each game and each season so these is all potentials from me um and coming off you know a strong season last year hopefully these players can continue with the momentum they had so um jada in goals potentially ali green at left back um tobin and, and tash Pryor, center back pairing perhaps uh tash Pryor was a a golden pickup last season after unfortunately we lost ellie brush um who came comes with oodles of, of experience so um tash you know fit in right away and, and her and nat really worked well together um and you know we're a really strong center back pairing and complemented each other so um right back there's a few options here actually because i know you know youngsters like charlie rule can play here charlotte mclean had a outstanding season last last season so um you know she's a, a huge potential to be there and of course angelique christodoulou as well so there's a real headache in that position um and that like i said is going to come down to pre-season performances and um, performances week in week out so that's going to be a really interesting area of the field and um, no different in the midfield um, yeah I mean and that that it begs the question of what formation Ante is going to go with to fit all of these players in um, is he going to go with a 4-4-2 is he going to go with a 4-3-3 or a 3-5-2 it's just I don't know. I don't know because um, I struggled to fit every player into this starting 11. Um, so there's a few potentials in, in the midfield here. Um, oh, and I forgot to mention Jess Nash is a fantastic defender. She, you know, will be pushing for a spot back there. So, 
yeah, lots of headaches here. Um, look, I'm hoping Taylor Ray's had a strong preseason. I'm sure she has. Um, you know, she she loves hard work, and um, she'll she'll be ready to to step up this year. So I'm hoping um, that's the case for her, and she'll be holding mid there. Um, and then, you know, the attacking mid, I'd, I'd say Mackenzie Hawksby. She's just a machine, that girl. She um, she loves hard work. She always comes into pre-season the fittest. Um, she loves her running. She always makes sure that she does the extras in the off-season. Off so she would have hit the ground running in, in pre-season, um, which, you know, puts her ahead in many ways. Um, so, yeah, and, and her and Taylor tend to work really, really well together. So... I'm thinking you'd pair those two in the midfield um, and, you know, wh whoever is there and whoever starts there, it's their job to, to keep their spots too. So it's it's going to be a really, really tough season in that regard. Um, and then the other number 10 spot could go anyhow. Is Rojas going to drop deep? Um, we've got Rachel Lowe. Um, you got Sarah Hunter too. So... Depends what Ante's thinking in terms of the dynamic he wants. Um, what does he want from Rojas? Does he want her up front dropping deep? Who knows? Is, is she better off going in a front two with Remy? It just all depends on their chemistry in pre-season, which unfortunately I haven't been able to really see, um, you know, with, with lockdowns and such. So, um, yeah, this is it's a bit of a... A curveball this one for me to to work out so that third number a sec third midfield position i'm putting up in the air with those three players uh, potentially so um and then the front front three i've got as pretty remy and courtney vine which worked for last season obviously until you know unfortunately courtney did get injured for the latter bit of the season um so I'm sure, you know, she's nursed her injury back to health and is um, is ready to go for another season. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how the 11 starts in a few weeks. Um, but, yeah, there are so many possibilities and I don't envy Ante in this position because he's got a lot of players to keep happy. And, um, yeah, and... and yeah, lots of decisions to make here. But like I said earlier, I I think, you know, it's not just Ante who has to make them happy. Players have to earn their spots as well. And, yeah, this preseason would have been very, very important for every single player. Um, now, all in all, ladder prediction for me, um, you know, we are a, a club with high expectations um, and this is a very strong squad, so um, they won't be aiming for anything less than first, the first position finish like last season, um, defending that Premier's title. Um, so first place is my prediction again. And a pass mark, success for me. It's always top four, but specifically... I don't think it should be anything less than a grand final um, position because uh, we, we haven't missed a final in a number of years. So this squad here is 
phenomenal and I um, I really think they have the potential to go all the way and do the double even do the double so cannot wait to to um watch the girls like I said it's a I'm in a different position this year watching from the sidelines but um really excited for it and um yeah I'll miss playing um but it's really nice to see the next generation taking team forward and um yeah I think we start with a derby as well no no is it with a derby let me check the fixtures here no Newcastle first so um home game first which will be a really good way to start um Newcastle have recruited well as well so um yeah it'll be an interesting game to start with and then followed by the derby so that's that's going to really go well with having a game before that derby as well and um, get straight into the thicker things within the season. So um, thank you for, for asking me to preview the girls' season. Um, I wish them nothing but the best of luck and I will be out supporting them um, every single game, whether it be at the ground or at home when, when they're away or, you know, if I can. <laughs> I've got some exciting things coming up but um yeah no um really privileged to, to be able to do this preview and wish Ante and and the girls and all the staff um, all the best for the season.